Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening to all the listeners of the Good Anime Palette Podcast. It's uh, finally episode 25. We are back bringing in the new year with some new content, but the same same old hosts always bringing the energy and the vibes. It's Will, and of course, it's Jason. How are you doing, man? What's up? Man, I know, of course, we've been releasing stuff on a regular schedule, but of course, behind the scenes, we actually took a little bit of a break. We took some time off uh, near the end of uh, 2021 just to spend time with family and friends, you know, with Christmas and the New Year's uh, celebrations coming up. So we got at least like an extra week or two of rest. Um, but of course, it's 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 really good to get back into the into the studio. I mean, it almost was a month since we recorded. Full four weeks. Yeah, close to a month, at least 28 days. Yeah. And if you were to tell me, Will, that, hey, we're going to record on Christmas, we're going to record on New Year's, I'd be like, God, let, look, let's just sit down. I mean, we could, but uh, no, nah, let's, let's take a break. But I think it was a well-deserved break. You put up a lot of content last year, uh, and I'm very happy with how it turned out. But, of course, New Year, same GAP, we're going to keep up with the energy uh, if you haven't said it already, Merry Belated Christmas, Happy Holidays, Happy New Year to everybody. Hope so far that 2022 is going well, um, but uh, if it hasn't, uh, there's going to be a lot of good content from the GAP to brighten up your year. So without further ado, let's crack on with today's episode, episode 25. I have to say, though, even though we haven't listened to it, but we have decided new music again because it's the new season. So right, yes. I'm excited. <laughs> We're going to be putting that into the uh, the show notes at the end of today's episode. Oh, so, yeah, I need to update that. But hey, look, yeah. new, new, a lot of things are new, but it's the same old two nerds, weebs talking ranting about anime and manga i mean like otakus are we otakus not quite yet i don't know i don't know if i'm like that into weeb culture to be able to call myself something as enlightening as but we are pretty weeb we're weeb as fuck i mean we have an anime and manga podcast that's pretty weeb-esque yeah well i guess you know speaking of weeb shit anime shit manga shit um have you been reading or watching much the past couple of weeks so um in the past month, I actually have not been watching that much comparatively to our regular consumption rate. It's it's nice just to have like a little bit of like a, a digital blackout, right? Just get your eyes a little bit of a rest and just slowly read some some chill manga. Right? Yeah, I read a lot, a lot of manga, many of which I will not name because it's not necessarily like that, like mind blowing. But I would say, though, it is kind of funny that it felt really weird to not record, to not watch like more than several episodes per day it was just kind of disorienting so now that i'm back here i feel weirdly acclimated again but also maybe a little bit unprepared i guess because you've been because you were reading a lot of manga but it wasn't like manga that pertains to like upcoming episode themes topics but hey dude like anime and manga is still anime and manga i'm sure you enjoyed the shit out of that for the last couple weeks absolutely and one of the animes that i did watch to completion was a uh, an anime series that Will liked quite a bit, and uh, it I watched it on Netflix, Hong Kong, My Little Monster. Oh, I love I'm a love My Little Monster. I so think, good, but I, I I actually haven't continued to read the manga. I I stopped at the end of the uh, anime, and I think it moved on to other stuff. I probably will get into the manga at some point though. And I am of the same mind. I definitely will finish the manga, uh, just not right now, but pretty soon. Is how I would say it. The anime, My Little Monster, is really good. 
if you haven't heard about it. It is basically rom-com involving kind of an oddly mismatched couple. Uh, Will likes the Kudere a lot. I put the Kudere in like, you know, B-plus tier. Dude, I mean, when you talk about like the Kudere waifu best girl landscape, it's it's such a stacked lineup. It's really hard to pick up one. If if you were to name like top ten Kudere's, you would you would struggle most of the time when it's like picking two or three of something. That's really hard enough. But when you're doing Kudere's, it's like, bro, I got I got two hands, five fingers each. I need more fingers. I'm not able to count every single one that I like. This is gonna take a while. Like if, if we just did like an episode on the Kudere like Dare subtype, we could go. Oh, like, no. we could go for a this while. Is, this is what's gonna happen. You're gonna press record if we ever do a Kudere episode. And you're yeah, just we're gonna just, we just argue. No, <laughs> just no, no, fucking no. argue. It's it, like it no, your Kudere is shit. My Kudere is better than your Kudere. No, it won't even be that. You would just be like, yo, I'm just gonna go grab lunch while you just talk into the microphone for like two hours. And then afterwards, you go off, and I'll come back and say, well, I keep some Kudere's are pretty good, but like let's start talking about some Yandere's. <laughs> and then that's when the, the the power goes out, and then a pink girl shows up outside our door. Um, your door, your door, my door. Yeah, you're you're safe. You're 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 wrapped up in your blanket. Safe in in fluffy land, and because I'm the fluffy land, yeah, and because I'm not a love interest that I know of, so then she won't go after me. So, yeah. Well, hey, look, my little monster, none of that shit. It's nice and fluffy. Uh, brain space too. So good studio behind it. Okay, so uh, my little monster is a lot wackier than I thought. It isn't what I would expect originally. If you were to tell me that it is very slice of life high school rom com, which it is. But there is very um, the expressions and the kind of wham- it is like Looney Tunes esque in certain ways. I have to say though, well, I mean, one of them, is, one of the characters is literally like a Looney Tunes character type. Okay, so let's talk about him. Um, what's his name? Haru. He is a bakadere, right? He's baki as fuck. He's a little uh, little troublemaker. I don't like him that much. Yeah, I, I think I think you just need that foil, right? Like when you have an extreme kudere in. Shizutani or Mizutani? Mizutani. Mizutani. Yeah, and you have like an extreme coup de grade in her, where like her 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 goal is to basically excel at school and make as much money as she can, have a very stable like life, and to have it derailed is a very interesting, and have her grow as a character is definitely very interesting as well. My favorite character, though, is none of those characters that has been mentioned. Yeah, this actually kind of tilted me a little bit. It's the ditzy uh, Natsume. Is it Natsu? Natsu, yeah. Asako Natsume is yeah. such a fucking basic little ditzy. Like, I don't even know what dare she is. She's just, she's, she's just like deer in the headlights. Like, oh, like will senpai, will senpai notice me? But like, I'm nothing special. Blah blah blah. But she's also bubbly and cute, and like she's afraid of talking to people because of the way that you know guys treat her and all that. But like, she's actually a very popular character. I can see why people like her, but I don't know. It's that's just not it's not for me, man. So I I would say Mizutani is also one of my favorite characters, but I was surprised as how much I like Natsume. But to be fair, even though if I had to choose, I will not choose Natsume because Christ, that would be a handful. Uh, Mizutani is definitely the more right choice. Look, she's she's more well put together. She knows what she's doing, whereas Natsume kind of like. She, you you need to give her reassurances. She's very like clingy. I would, like, would you say she's got low self esteem, or she's just basically she's oh she's constantly like questioning like 
what people feel about her, what their perceptions of her are. Like she's like balancing out like her own online presence. She's balancing out her real life presence, and like she needs the assurances of like her friends, particularly uh, Mister Tiny. It's like I need you to like me, and and, and Mister Tiny's like she's cold as shit. Right? She's just like okay, but like back off, right? Like don't stand so close to me. So there is a phone conversation that lasted maybe twenty seconds in the anime, and I'm gonna spoil a little bit, which is not really a spoiler. It is regard is regarding recording a TV episode on the on the TV, and Mizutani calls Natsume, and that exchange basically boils down in essence why I like Natsume so much. All right, that's it. It's a good, it's a good show. I, I gave it a solid eight out of ten. I I think I can't give it anything higher, but I also will not stand to give it anything lower. I think like if it's a good like slice of life romance sometimes comedy sometimes drama eights are like usually i i give i both i usually give them an eight because if i watch it to completion then there was already enough for me to enjoy so eight is well deserved but i agree with you that if it was a nine or a ten like it'd have to do a lot more i think the manga might be able to do that but it is again because we have not both of us have not consumed it we don't know but i think at least the anime is very very solid Right, so that was what you watched. Probably get into the manga at some point. You know, we don't know when it'll be, but it'll, it's definitely on the on the to read list, and it is pretty high on the to read list. Among the many things that I've read, though, many fluffy things, many messed up things, gory things. One thing actually stands out to me, and I read it on the Jump Plus Shonen Jump Plus platform. You can get it on Manga Plus, I think, or it's weird. I think like. A- between the iOS, which is like the the Apple platform, the iPhone platform, and then the Android platform, there's there's Jump Plus and there's Mongo Plus, but both of them seem to operate the same way. I'm not quite sure how yeah, because it's it is. made by both of them are made by Soasia, so yeah. I I don't know the distinction, but uh, I use Mongo Plus because I think that's where the i there's no Jump Plus on iOS, but it's essentially the same thing. I don't know. Whatever phone you have, whatever device you use, just just go like look up Soasia, download either app. There's a lot of good stuff on there. So this manga series was provided in its completion. Sometimes, or actually a lot of manga series on the Jump Plus platform, you get the first three chapters and then the latest three chapters and everything in between you need a subscription, which is fine. Yeah, there's like some paywall for a lot of them. And then some of them are sample pub, which is like they'll give out for free, but they might come out like a, a little bit afterwards, like when the Japanese comes out and then it needs sometimes get translated. Look, if you don't pay for subscriptions, you still get a lot of good free content. Uh, I, I read Sakamoto Days and Mashal through this way, completely free. and We, I, we also did it with Spy X Family. Exactly. Kaiju I mean, number actually, eight. Spy X Family, exactly as well. But this one is available in its entirety from chapter one till I think chapter 19 or 20, the 16, 17, where I read. And it is a manga called Even If You Slit My Mouth. That actually sounds like a really fucked up horror title. But so, but it's not, though, right? So it is a manga by Akira Kajimoto. So when I've... Akari. Akari. Fuck. Akari. What did I say? Akira? A- Akira. Yeah, Akira. Oh, fuck off, Jason. God Akari Kajimoto. So Even If You Slit My Mouth sounds really fucked up. It regards a woman who is in Japanese folklore, there is this kind of like urban legend where if you meet a woman with very slit mouth. Imagine like the Joker, the Joker scars. Right. Kind of like like that, right? Except 
she can open her mouth like that. Yeah. And she's kind of like this yokai ghost urban legend that scares people and you're not supposed to interact with her or else she'll cling on to you and curse you and whatever. But in this story, she is losing her powers over time because a lot of people don't believe in her legend anymore. And the way that it works in this world is if you have urban legends, as long as people give in to that fear and talk about you, therefore you gain more power. And she's been losing it. So she will disappear. However, she decided that in an act of desperation, hang out to with a family who interacts with these urban legends and is very well known in kind of the sphere of urban legends and is betrothed to betrothed being engaged to the guy, the son of this family. And it is basically a rom-com, very wholesome rom-com, if you will, between this girl trying to get out of this engagement and the conditions was to scare the main character, the male main character, and the male main character is saying, all right, but if I fall, if you fall in love with me, then you're going to stay. And it's about their interactions on a daily basis. Some urban legends come in to play later on, kind of character interactions and everything. But it's like... It sounds cute as fuck. It is so cute as fuck. It's a solid, solid eight. And when I tell people to check it out, including you, you kind of looked at me like... What the fuck are you talking about with a title like that? I knew about it already because I, I mean, there's enough like anime Instagram pages that, sh- that showcase it. But like, look, if I didn't know what it was and I just saw the pictures, I would. It, it looked kind of like Slenderman, like horror shit. I wasn't like really vibing with the fact that it was supposed to be some sort of slice of life romance. But hey, like, hey, I'm I'm down. Why not? If it looks cool and it's on Jump Plus, why not? I mean, what better time to get on Jump Plus than, like, the fact, like, like right now? They're, they're pumping out some new content. Dude, Chainsaw Man moved over to it. So, yeah, get on Jump Plus. So, I, I read it. I really like it. I'll continue to read it. And you should check it out, too. And you can check it out again in its entirety on the Jump Plus Manga Plus platform. But, Will, let's go back in time to 2021, <laughs> Will, when we had a conversation about a certain series that has been getting a lot of attention, both in terms of news stories, also because of an anime premiere, but also through our friends telling us why haven't we checked it out. Like at the time, we really didn't really give much thought about it, but then jump forward to 2022, and uh, it's come back with a vengeance. It's definitely made an impression on me. Um, we're talking about Tokyo Revengers. Holy crap. So... This anime, well, first of all, it was it's based on uh, a manga of the same name by Ken Wakui, I think his name is. Uh, yes, Ken Wakui. Um, so published by Kodansha, English producers being Seven Seas for print and Kodansha US for the digital versions. Um, this manga slash anime pretty much like just, just came out just over a year ago, no, just under a year ago, and the the manga itself was already quite popular it sold you know several million copies was pretty highly rated on my anime list uh for the manga section but i mean i didn't really know much about it sometimes it's like with manga it's kind of hard to really figure out what's a hit what's not but you know when it premiered in uh april uh, of last year we thought hey why don't we just give it a shot i mean it's got a good manga behind it it surely should be fine right i mean latin films is also a pretty, pretty decent studio why not so what is tokyo avengers about it's essentially 
about a child who grows up, doesn't really know what he wants in life, and is just kind of being like a, a delinquent slash like not necessarily a contributing member of society. Uh, and then one day, you know, when he's like in his mid twenties, has a dead end job, not really making much, and just watches the news. And during the news report, finds out that his ex girlfriend, when he was in middle school or high school, I forgot what the when it, when it actually happened, actually died as a result of uh, a car accident. And then memories start flooding back of what his high school life used to be like. He used to be very happy-go-lucky, had a good bunch of friends. Yeah, they did some real delinquent gang shit, but like, hey, like as long as he has friends with them, what of it, right? Then next thing you know, the the ex-girlfriend's brother shows up and says, I need you to do something for me. Something's fishy about this. I think there's some real delinquent gang shit that happened as a result, and that's why my sister's dead. I need to solve what the fuck happened. And at that point, it turns out that uh, the main character, um, Takemichi, has a superpower in which he can go back in time exactly 12 years into the past. Now, it's, it's essentially one of those classic stories of what would you do if you had the opportunity to right your wrongs and fix your mistakes? That's exactly it. And this kid literally goes back in time, does some delinquent gang shit, and learns more about why this gang has such a strong presence in current day Tokyo in order to be able to solve and potentially prevent the death of his ex-girlfriend. Sounds quite simple. It, it, actually, in, in terms of like the story, it's not too different from stuff like Erase, where like the guy goes back in time to save someone and manages to go forward in time, back in time, yada, yada, yada. But what's great about this is that despite not giving it much of a chance the first time. I gave it a chance the second time, and the story is fucking incredible. It, it, it's such a well-written story. Uh, I'm caught up. I finished the anime. Uh, I'm up to what's it, volume 22 or 23. I literally just got every single thing. It, it's wonderful I still have my subscription to Comixology, so I, still be, I was able to get everything off of print on my iPad. Wonderful time. Uh, I've been reading. I, I can't really say much else because it's just spoilers, but I will have you know that there's some real cliffhanger shit that ends in season one, and you don't have to wait too long because season two is going to be adapted. There's going to be a new arc of Tokyo Avengers that comes out. You're going to be able to, you know, wait a little bit longer before you can solve that cliffhanger, or if you do want to like start seeing what the hell happens immediately after you finish the first season, get into the manga. Um, we've had friends who have told us to read it or watch it. I got onto it. I fucking love it. Uh, it's Jason's turn to get into it, but I, I don't know. Like, there, there's there's way too much on your slate right now. It's going to be hard for you to find the time to watch it, but it, it's definitely worth your time, Jason. Oh, no. Like, I think time and time has been proven again, and uh, no pun intended, that Tokyo Revengers is something that should be on our radar. And uh, I we watched the first couple of episodes for our season premiere a while while back. And granted, like those couple episodes were were good, but yeah, it was like good. but it was like eh, like there's other stuff that's doing pretty well. Like the anime I think it's an 8.24, the manga is an 8.63, but I think it's unfair to compare the two because the manga has been running for the past 4 years whereas the anime only came out like last year. So, it's hard to really compare an apple to an orange, but both are definitely worth your time. Look, I will definitely check it out, but when is always the issue. 
So let's see how it goes. But yeah. there is no doubt in my mind now, especially now that you endorse it, Will, that Tokyo Revengers is something that needs to be consumed at some point and praise to high heavens. Yeah. Despite certain criticisms about the animation quality during like certain fight scenes, this comes from me as well. I, I provide those criticisms. I still gave the anime a 9 out of 10. And the and, and the manga itself is better than that. So, yo, it, it's a fun time no matter what. All right. Now that uh, we have gone through what we have been watching or reading, or at least what we wanted to talk about on the podcast, we have a plethora of news stories, a slew of news stories, because it has been over a month and shit happens. A lot of shit happens. Literally lots of shit has happened. Um, we had like over 30 plus news stories. Now, don't freak out when you hear that number because a lot of them are simply five to 10 seconds kind of thing, which we will go over all of it yeah, right like, now. Like adaptation announcements, renewals, sequel starts, uh, stuff coming out, sales figures, yada, yada. A lot of stuff can be done very quickly, but there are going to be some really important news that we just have to share. All right. So I will go over the seasonal renewals. We won't go in order because fuck it. So first of all, the Faraway Paladin announced a second season. Yeah, Faraway or Sahate no Paladin, Faraway Paladin. Yep, I only watched one episode. So. I mean, it stars you, Will. So why do you need to watch uh, an anime about yourself? It's about my life, right? Exactly. Yeah. So it's got a second season announced at the end of the season one, which is usually how people do it when they announce other seasons. Just like Comey can't communicate as well on Netflix has announced a second season that will be premiering. I think in April, actually. So I really like Homie Can't Communicate. I finished it. I gave it a 9 out of 10. Not as good as the manga, which I gave a 10 out of 10. Very happy about it, though. And I'm glad it's continuing. It looks good. It definitely looks good. I, I, I like Comey. I need to get around to finishing it. Um, but hey, you know, Comey fans rejoice. You got another season. Yep. And it seems to me that the quality would be very reassuring because the first season is fine. Um, more than fine, actually. Tokyo Revengers, as well mentioned, has uh, a new season as well uh, titled Christmas Showdown Arc. So it's not really a spoiler because literally that's what it says. Uh, take it as what you think that might mean, but you should take it literally because I asked Will that very question. All right. Now, I have been killing slime for 300 years and maxed out my level, also known as Slime 300 is also getting a second season, which I'm very surprised by. I quite like the first season, haven't finished it, but what I've seen, it's like a 7.57 out of 10. Perfectly fine. Perfect. Fairly recent as well, right? Came out in the last year or two? Yep, so it's good. But um, the fact that I got a second season is nice. Not surprising, but also it's like, hey, a little bit of hype. Odd Taxi is getting a new anime film on April Fool's Day, April 1st which I thought was kind of okay. But the film is a compilation film of the TV series itself. But it says that the film will include like kind of an epilogue, kind of short chapter. I don't know how long it would be to tie things up, I guess. Will, which, you might be able to speak. Yeah, I mean, I, I can't really say much else because if I do say anything, it would come off as a spoiler. Um, I'm looking forward to the epilogue quote-unquote epilogue snippet. I mean, they did that with the Fruits Basket prelude. They said that, oh, it's a compilation film. Oh, no, it's a... A prequel compilation. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So so there is... Yeah, so then there is an epilogue as well there somewhere. 
and to expand on. The the thing I guess is like you know there, there might have been people who wanted some sort of closure from Odd Taxi, which I kind of got already. But I think that's the thing. Sometimes people just want more stuff for stuff that they like, and whether or not it's good, I don't think they care. Uh, but I'm happy there's a movie coming out for Odd Taxi. Check it out. I'll, I'll, we'll, we'll check it out in four months. So three, three months. Three months. Pop Team Epic is an anime that is also getting a second season in 2022. If you've not heard of Pop Team Epic, it is basically anime memes and absurdist humor in a nutshell. It is so crazy bonkers. I haven't seen it, but just off of the snippets from YouTube, Twitter, and all the memes, it sounds like a pretty crazy time. Yeah, so a lot of renewals, um, and I think just as much uh, anime announcements, right? Like adaptations coming out, stuff that's going to be coming out over the next year or two. Yep. Uh, but before that, let's talk about Chainsaw Man, which is probably one of the most anticipated animes this year. Yeah, we can, have to, we can say this year now because it's 2022. So they confirmed, MAPPA confirmed that Chainsaw Man is coming out in 2022 during their Jump Fiesta um, kind of event, which is their yearly event where they talk about the Shonen Jump Plus properties. Also there, they mentioned that Chainsaw Man's second part will launch on Shonen Jump Plus in summer of 2022, also known as the school arc. I think that's literally, that's all we know. So that's pretty awesome. So originally, Will and I was expecting it in 2023, and they will make the announcement this year, but it turns out they're doing both of that and making the announcement and premiering this year. If we hadn't already said it, I said it like literally 10, 15 minutes ago, get Jump Plus. Chainsaw Man's going to be a fucking great time. Dr. Stone is also another anime slash manga that we like quite a bit. We think it's okay. I don't know. Have you, have you watched season two yet? I did not finish <laughs> it, but yeah. But season three has been announced. So there you go. It's also getting a special too. It's yeah, one of the characters. About one of the characters, which I don't recognize. So we'll, we'll see how that goes. And the mangaka has mentioned that Dr. Stone, the manga, is nearing its climax. And... The manga has entered the final arc in September. Yeah, so it's uh, anytime someone says, "Oh, it's it, this is it," like the climax is coming, like it could be a volume, it could be five. I mean, a lot of stuff is already. Anytime a manga or like a publication studio comes out and says, "Yo, like this shit's entering the final arc, the final stage, the climax," it could be another year or two before it's actually done, done. But hey, look, like Doctor Stone was fun. I like it a lot. I haven't read the manga, but I think like it, it's going to be a. I think there's like a lot of catch up between the anime material and the manga material. So look, when season three comes out and you've watched it, you want more stuff. Know that you know there's going to be an end point to the manga because I I foresee this ending in the next two years. I mean, you can say the same thing about the My Hero Academia mangaka because we were. I remember we reported on this story that. This person claimed that, oh, it's in this final stage. And that was, like, last year. So, uh, but My Hero Academia, during the Jump Fiesta event, announced that the sixth season will premiere in fall 2022. Well, hey. I mean, didn't they have a movie that come out, like, not too long ago? A couple yes, months ago? Yes, Um, I haven't watched it. I, I haven't, haven't watched, watched season five yet. I haven't watched season five either. I don't know. Look, okay, I don't hate My Hero Academia. I just didn't think season four was that great. Therefore, I wasn't that interested to check out five. And I think I think you felt the same too, right? Yes, I did. I think half of season four was good. The yeah. other half was kind of like really, really meh. But hey, let's let's 
My Hero Academia is huge. Everyone cares about it. It's popular. So if you're a fan, go like yeah, you should be hype. I'm I'm lukewarm about it. And the mangaka said, if things go smoothly, quote, My Hero Academia will meet its goal in one year. So let's see. Yeah, whatever that goal is. Um, you want to start talking about some of the the new anime announcements? Is there anything else you want to talk about before that? I mean, yeah, let's just go, let's just, like, go all over the place and just do all the news. Right. So, actually, let's let's go back in time again, because some old school properties are making a comeback in 2021, and no, 2022 and beyond. I mean, like, what was it? Uh, Devil's a part-timer, and all these, like, really old properties are coming back, but this is... I mean, we had Shaman King last year. Yeah. We had, um, uh, that's, um, Yashihime the year before that. Yep. But- now, this year... This is even older because, well, wh- wh- what anime is being adapted? Which one first? Should we do the the Scarface Samurai? Yeah, let's do the Scarface Samurai. Fucking Rooney Kenshin's coming back via Leiden Films. So I remember, I'm just going to call it Kenshin. I remember that manga and that anime quite a bit as a child growing up because it's kind of hard to not remember the samurai with the with the X on, on the face. So... Let's see how it goes, really. But if I remember, there was some controversy regarding the mangaka in terms of some rather not good stuff. Okay. And the fact that it is now have a new TV anime, that's why a lot of people were very surprised because they thought that due to the controversies, it would not happen. But it's happening. Leiden Films is doing it. Leiden Films is very solid, although... Their quality is all over the place sometimes. Sometimes. But you can't... Uh, if my anime were to be done by Lightning Films, I'll be like, yeah, okay, sure. No problem. But, Will, I don't like driving at which, all. Okay, before that, though, which one's actually more old school? Like, Rurini Kenshin or the one we're about to talk about like in the next 10 seconds? Which um, one came out first, actually? I do not know. They're both old as fuck. They're both old as fuck. I don't enjoy driving myself either, but I mean, I like watching shows and watching movies and TV and, and stuff about driving. Uh, not bo- not Fast and Furious, the recent movies, though. But we both like Redline a lot. Yeah, this is nothing like Redline at all. No, this is more realistic because we're talking about Initial D. Initial yeah. D is probably one of the most well-known driving anime slash manga out there. Like, the West has got, like, Fast and Furious, but before that, it was all fucking Initial D. We even have a Hong Kong film made with Initial D. Starring Jay Chow. Yep. That, yo, like, people in Hong Kong fucking love Initial D. But I also didn't know that Initial D, the creator, actually had a spin-off manga called MF Ghost. And that MF Ghost is getting an anime. So... What the fuck? Okay, sure. Literally, it's just like all of a sudden, like, hey, you remember that time capsule that we had, like, under that tree? We're going to go over, and then we're just going to open up and see, like, what there is. And then they just literally pulled up Rudy Kenshin and fucking Initial D. It's like, oh, I guess it's time. It's 2022. Let's let's adapt this shit. Another one that they found in that time capsule is Yurusei. Uh, Urusei Yatsura. That's another yeah. really fucking old school one. Like it, 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 it's an old manga that also had an anime adaptation that had like 145, 100 something episodes. I honestly do not know anything about the show or property other than the fact that the woman is very iconic and her attire. You, I just remember that the constant. yellow, the yellow, blue, and green. Like you cannot like 
not notice and remember who the hell that person is, even though you have no idea what that the manga is about. Yes. So, David Productions decided to uh, just chill out on the JoJo for a bit and decided to make this anime for one year. I repeat, they're making the Yurusei anime for one full year run. That's insane. That's like 52 episodes. Yeah. So, I don't know what to expect other than the fact that it's David Productions. I really fucking love David. So... It's bound to be a very beautiful and vibrant production, but I still also have no idea what the what the plot is. I don't know either, so let's find out. Yeah, we'll it... find out when they come out with the with the actual like episodes. So yeah, let's fingers crossed. Hopefully, uh, David Productions can maintain that quality because they always have. They've been pretty consistent with their shit. Another Shonen Jump property that I actually read a couple volumes of the manga is Hell's Paradise, and we mentioned a long, long while ago that it ended. And also, it had a TV anime announced. And now, they have announced not only uh, the anime will premiere in fall 2022, they're also doing a stage play. Yeah. So, they got some like, key animations, some some visuals, some teasers come up for Jigokuraku, uh, Hell's Paradise. It, and, it looks yeah. pretty solid. I watched the teaser, and I think the show should not be slept on. How, but, how, how popular are stage plays actually in Japan? Like, it seems like everything, like any, IQ. any, any games, like there's, there, there's like Resident Evil stage plays. There's Review Starlight stage play, but that one's obvious. Okay, look. When, when we're able to finally travel, when we're able to finally make our way to the, the, the promised land of, of weepdom, we should see if we can check out a stage play, whatever it may be. Yeah, we should. So, does Mars Red has a stage play, right? It's yes, based off a stage play. It is based off of a play, yes. Okay, I still haven't watched Mars Red yet. <laughs> I mean, I heard it's not that great towards the end, so let's see. Um, So, that is... All except probably the biggest news announcement this morning, too, of all things. The greatest way to wake up. The most what-the-fuck moment of uh, my morning, at least. When I received this news story and I was like, I just got to tell Will. And he would wake the fuck up. And guess what? He did. Because Netflix Universe and Universal Studios, right, has is going to develop the Scott Pilgrim anime series with none other than Science Saru. With Ong Young Choi being the executive producer, and with uh, Brian O'Malley, the original creator of the Scott Pilgrim, I guess, comic manga, to be the showrunner. And uh, I can never pronounce the person's name, uh, the director. How would you pronounce the person's name? A- Abel? I, 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 I don't know. Anyways, um, they also have announced a director. I don't want to butcher the person's name. But the person... Gongora? We'll call him Abel. Okay, Abel. The person's major dictatorial work before this is um, one of the shorts for Star Wars Visions, which Will and I have not checked out Star Wars Visions. We might, we might not. But regardless, Scott Pilgrim would be this person's major first directorial debut. Will and I really like Scott Pilgrim. I read it a while back. I really like it. Did I mention I really like it? Yeah, I mean, I... You've watched the movie as well, right? Yeah, the Edgar Wright movie. I quite like the Edgar Wright movie, and I quite like Edgar Wright in general, so I'm a little bit biased. But the movie I thought was for, in order to capture the essence of Scott Pilgrim, did a very, very good job. Yeah. And, I mean, I, it's also just the fact that, you know, it's it's a Canadian property. I'm pretty happy with that. 
it's also interesting that the film is different than the ending of the 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 manga the comic because the manga. <laughs> I, I don't know what to say <laughs> no that, 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 it, that's actually true this is the weird part because it is it's 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 not quite straightforward as like a yasuke or super crooks or castlevania or whatever because they they specifically say they're making an anime series of the scott pilgrim universe so what does that mean because we know that science sarah has done like work on like western animation like adventure time and stuff like that yeah so sure so where does this fall then right again there's a lot of unanswered questions and i'm sure there's even more questions that we haven't even covered yet but we literally found out this like three four hours ago so your idea of what this could be is probably as the listeners is probably as good as ours at this point so but look it's pretty awesome i have to say yeah I mean, like they're they're retaining a lot of the the people that had done the movie, that had done the comics, uh, and then they're bringing in all the Sansaro people. I mean, like Edgar Wright is like, executive producer, so yeah. it's you're, you can see there's going to be some flair. But it's are they going to retain the the Scott Pilgrim comic aesthetic? Are they going to make it actually look like a Japanese animation and have different character designs? I would like for them to keep the original designs because that's the charm of. Scott Pilgrim, but again, like I'm not a director, I'm not producing this shit. Um, I just know that there's a lot of good pieces in place. Let's see what they come up with. It's good to have the creator as the showrunner, the original creator as the showrunner, because then that means that this person has as much control of the of this person's own property as they could. So I'm optimistic at this point. But a bunch of things, just like how 2021 ended and 2022 started. A bunch of light novels also have to end. And No Game No Life author has announced that No Game No Life will enter its final stage. Yay! I would like a season two, please. Oh, I'm not getting it? Fuck you. This is probably it, though. Like When they release and like finally close off the No Game No Life novel series, hopefully that means that there's enough reason for people to actually get their shit together and produce a second season because hey look if there's going to be no more no game no life and you want people to buy your shit this is probably the best way of advertising it and that's coming up with no game no life too chivalry of a failed knight which is has one anime season which i watched and i thought it was pretty good the novel light novel is going to end next year yay and then there's also you know the time i got reincarnated as a slime now that one I I've read I've, I've watched a bit of it. Um, I, I I'm not reading light novels, but the novel series is going to end in three volumes, as said by the author. So that is a lot of the light novel stuff. Now let's talk about probably the hottest thing to come out of Japan right now for 2022 and beyond. Actually, probably is none other than Jujutsu Kaisen. This time around, it's not an anime series, although Will and I are willing to pretty much bet any amount of money that Season 2 is going to come out at some point in the very, very near future. But Jujutsu Kaisen Zero, which is their prequel based off of the manga Jujutsu Kaisen Zero, is doing gangbusters in Japan, despite COVID. Furthermore, in Hong Kong at least... Media Link has licensed the Jujutsu Kaisen anime film. So people who live in Hong Kong, which we know is a good amount of you, we can watch Jujutsu Kaisen Zero soon. So 
let's look forward to that. We're watching it in IMAX, right? We're watching it in the highest resolution, the best sound system possible. So yes, it would be IMAX in this case. Because there's like IMAX screenings all over Japan, and it would be a missed opportunity if we weren't able to watch the same in Hong Kong. I'm yeah, where, whichever studio, whichever cinema it may be in Hong Kong, like I'm there. So last year we talked a lot about Demon Slayer kind of quote-unquote slaying uh, the box office and earning a lot of money and breaking records and whatever. Now it is Jujutsu Kaisen's turn, as Will accurately predicted multiple times, because Jujutsu Kaisen Zero grossed over 1 billion yen to become the highest opening anime movie in 2021, which, by the way, this was in December, so nothing else that like everyone else has done their course. Jujutsu Kaisen Zero is projected to earn 1 million tickets on the first day, and it has already earned 5.87 billion yen in 11 days and is projected to earn like what 10 or 11 billion yen by the end of its run in Japan alone that's insane that's crazy yeah okay so it made 1.0 yeah 1.05 billion yen on its opening day which is over 3 times as much as the third my hero academia movie and the craziest part is we t- you talked about how like Mugen Train was fucking like gangbusters, right? Mugen Train debuted at one point two billion, so we're only off by a hundred and fifty million yen on opening day in Japan for the Jujutsu Kaisen movie. Like Demon Slayer is fucking fantastic. Everyone knows that already. Everyone knows the the, the numbers speak for themselves. JJK Jujutsu Kaisen is also holding its own like its its own stead. Along the same pedestal, it's crazy that like the difference between first and second is so minuscule compared to the difference between second and third. Like my hair academia, like you can you can you can sit on the side. No one wants to talk about you. It's all Demon Slayer and Jujutsu Kaisen right now. All right, well, so we actually have still a considerable amount of news. Do we still want to continue? I think there's one stuff. There's a, there's a couple things we, can st- we want to talk about. Um, one I do want to talk about, which actually plays into some of the news that we talked about before. Now. We talked about the situation between, uh, behind High Dive, right? One of the streaming services that people use for, for anime. In the West, yes. Yeah. And there was a lot of uncertainty as to what was happening because they started losing licenses. A lot of contracts were starting to end. And it was starting to enter that field of what's going to happen with High Dive. I think originally uh, the parent company was bought and a lot of the sub- subsidiaries were also bought, but not High Dive. But I really like High Dive a lot because... I think their licensing choices are fantastic, and they make a lot of very calculated but very well-made decisions. And it turns out Tokyo Broadcasting Service, TBS, not PBS, which is what Will and I originally thought when we saw the news, TBS, Tokyo Broadcasting Station. Yeah, but they, that's for Seven Arcs. That's for Seven Arcs. Yeah. So Seven Arcs God Anime damn Studio... It. That's oh, a di- different, completely off. different thing. It's AMC, not TBS. I know it's three letters, but um, yeah, welcome to 2022, man. Uh, AMC Networks is acquiring Sentai, uh, Sentai Filmworks, Sentai Holdings, along with High Dive. TBS, as Jason was mentioning, uh, they invested $2.5 billion into the, uh, the Seven Arcs uh, anime studio. I'm fucking done. God damn it. That's going to cost me during the uh, award season, isn't it? It's, uh, I mean, we'll, we'll see how it goes in the next five months. Oh, there's, there's, plenty of, there's plenty of opportunity for you to, to make another mistake. But hey, look, mistakes happen, right? Um, 
so there you go. There's our answer. High Dive is is going to continue to exist. And Sentai Films and Sentai Holdings is a lot of merchandising in regards to anime and manga, and they're pretty solid as well. And they do a lot of Blu-ray releases as well. So the fact that AMC Networks has acquired them is pretty reassuring. TBS again, I apologize. They invested 2.5 billion yen in Seven Arcs Anime Studio. Seven Arcs being a pretty good studio, which their most recent thing is Blue Period. Yeah, and then another thing you really like as well, Tony Kawa. Yep. So uh, they're solid, and the fact that they have now a, a bunch of money coming through is great. Yeah, I, th- I think now it's like we we already knew like when we were doing the proliferation episode on anime and manga in mainstream society that people were going to start getting more and more serious about anime and manga. I mean, now with these recent acquisitions and investments, Netflix continued to put more money into the animation scene. Um, I mean, okay, fine. Super Crooks wasn't great, but hey, money got into it. Uh, it looks like they're going to be doing the same thing with the Universal Studios and uh, and Science Star collaboration for Scott Pilgrim. I can see there's going to be even more attention, even more money, even more time and love put into the industry. What what results it produces, eh, we don't know. But it, it's it, it should be an exciting time for anime and manga, hopefully. And another two revenues streams for anime and manga will be obtained through Makoto Shinkai's new anime film, which he has announced. We don't know anything other than the title. Or I guess there was a teaser visual of a door. Yeah. Um, excuse my Japanese as I try and pronounce it. Uh, Suzume no Tojimari. Yeah. So that's his new film that he announced. We don't know much about it yet. All, all we know is it's just basically like the typical Shinkai still with a door in the middle. Makoto Shinkai being the director of Your Name and Weathering With You. So he is someone that you should definitely be aware of when it comes to anime films in particular. Did, Gar- Did Shinkai do Garden of Words as well? Yes. Okay. Then the last news, I want to end it on this because we're not we're ignoring Type Moon stuff. Actually, yeah. Spike's family is announcing a half-year run and will actually premiere in April of 2022. Fucking soon. Really fucking soon. But, I cannot wait. Yeah, but the half-year run is that's that's awesome. So that's like two curves. Two curves. There might be a little break in between, maybe a recap episode, but there's going to be six straight months, if uninterrupted, if without delay, of Spy X Family. And like, have you seen the trailer? Yes. I, I mean, we've also been reading the manga. We know what to expect, but like even then, like I'm still really hyper. I think X. the voice cast is spot the fuck on. It's awesome. I'm I'm super stoked. I can't wait. So. Yes, 2021 ended, and it was a tumultuous year for a lot of people and ourselves. 2022 has started, and at least from the anime and manga front, we have so much to look forward to. We have potentially uh, the new, uh, what, what was it? A bunch of new anime. There was a bunch of season renewals. There is a bunch of Chainsaw Man being... Yeah, I mean, y'all haven't noticed, and I'm sure, I don't know how you haven't noticed, uh, Demon Slayer's been going on, Attack on Titan's coming out soon. I, there's, a, there's a lot of shit that's already happening, and a lot of good shit that's to come, 
Um, and that's you know why we're super excited to be back in the studio. We, we want to be able to cover everything and be able to give you quick insights and even sometimes some previews as to what to expect for 2022 and beyond. Yeah, we might get into some of the news that we haven't covered later, but I think we have done enough Dude, news. It's a lot. Right, we're talking about anime renewals. We're talking about acquisitions and investments. We're talking about sequels. We're talking about studios that are going down, studios that are going up. It's just gonna, it, a lot of the old shit that came out twenty, thirty years ago now back. Yo, know, like it's already started off as a crazy, as, as, as a crazy start to the year. We should probably take a break now after all that news and get into the official first topic of 2022 for the good anime pala podcast yep so stay tuned and we'll be right back all right catch you guys soon everybody to the good anime palette podcast this is episode number 25 the first episode of season three will and i ate lunch i had a great reuben sandwich i think will had a very good pastrami sandwich and then we watched something so i don't even know what it was but we will get into that next episode dude i'm so fucking tilted still I am your co-host, Jason, and I am joined, as always, as usual, with Uneven Will over here. Uneven is... I'm unhinged, dude. I'm fucking angry. But let's, let's, we'll save that anger for the next episode when we actually have time to event and express our, our hatred for what we just watched. Um, yeah, we got to get back into our regular scheduling and go into today's discussion topic. Yeah, I, I've calmed down since my uh, my unhinged, rather flustered first half. So Will and I have decided that our first episode of season three is going to be about the isekai genre. Yeah, this has been a huge, very popular genre over the past 10 years. Um, we've just been seeing so many different properties of the isekai genre pop up. And it just felt like we needed to talk about it. We had to talk about not just the talk, uh, the isekai genre itself, but also highlight some of the shows that we've watched and we wanted to recommend to the listeners that are listening to today's episode. So the isekai genre, every anime season for the past, like God knows how long, has at least, at least huh, three to four entries per anime season. Some good, some bad. But most of them are not great, I will say. It's such a huge landscape that you're bound to get some trash to come along with it. And unfortunately, that trash is also quite likely to be getting second seasons because they're all parts of very long-standing light or visual novels that, for one reason or another, are, are quite popular in their own mediums. And therefore, getting adaptations and sequel announcements help to, I guess, boost sales and boost... Um, their their image uh, within the industry. But it is not all doom and gloom here, guys. There are good stuff out there, and we will mention a lot of good stuff. So we will go over kind of a very brief background and the, the definition of what an isekai is so we can bring everyone up to speed, and then we'll end this main discussion topic with four recommendations from Will and four recommendations from me. So I think isekai is kind of a very synonymous 
is a very like well-known term that people throw around within weebdom. I think that everyone probably heard of isekai, but sometimes I don't think everyone who knows that this word exists really knows what it is. It is, by definition, um, a word meaning to a different world or another world, isekai in, in Cantonese. And it is a Japanese genre that covers anything from light novels, manga, anime, and video games that revolve around a person either being transported, teleported, or reincarnated into another world. And this could be uh, a world of a vast amount of different settings. Yeah, this could be like something that's interstellar. It could be a alternate universe, like a parallel universe. It could be based in fantasy. Uh, based in like more sort of futuristic cyberpunk kind of settings, but the main thing is that it's a parallel between the current state, the current world that the main character starts from, uh, and then transitions into a, a different setting, a different world. Um, there might be a lot of similarities. It might be completely different, but the main thing is that these two worlds coexist in the same kind of continuum, just in different settings. Furthermore, because this genre the isekai genre is so vast there are a lot a lot a lot of subgenres and we'll try our best to go over some of the things that really stand out to us yeah some of them are like very clearly like yes they're isekai even if they demonstrate tropes and themes of different genres and then there's some edge cases where it's like kind of but not really isekai but there's enough room for discussion and to argue that sometimes some properties do fit within the isekai genre just you you have to find some evidence of backing it up now as with a lot of uh things definitions are very important and has come time and time and again that will and i have encountered rather ambiguous sometimes definitions of what an isekai is and if you ask someone what an isekai is and ask another person they both might have slightly different interpretations but then that also would discount or include a whole subgenre within the isekais yeah. so like one of the things that we'd like to do particularly for jason as well when it comes to planning out episodes is like we kind of know what we're going to be discussing weeks sometimes even months in advance now for me sometimes it's like it might be a little bit overkill it's like, oh i mean like we already know enough about certain genres or themes or directors why do we need to have enough time to prepare for it but this is actually one episode where like actually having a lot of time to preempt it was actually very helpful because just like you said, how the hell do we define isekai? We actually spent like months prior to today discussing, you know, does, does that series count as an isekai? Does, do these themes, like, are these part of the isekai genre or are we kind of stretching it too much? Are we not really doing enough? And so this is why, like you said, right, the, the, the definitions and really setting up the guidelines for what we consider isekai, it, it took a long time to get to where we are now. Yeah, and we flip-flop between different stances. And obviously, Will and I, even though our opinions and voices are absolute, you should not make your decision on what an isekai is solely based off of what we say. But we will at least touch on enough things that hopefully you will have a better understanding going going through about this. Because, I mean, like, if we just talk about isekai in general, right? It, it, you said, right? Transport to another world, reincarnate into another world. It, it, that's, that's just it, right? Well, apparently it's not. There's actually two different forms of, of isekai. 
and even so, it is less clear. So, Isekai is another world, okay, or different world. We get that. Now, there seems to be the main crux between, in my opinion, two main distinctions that a lot of people have differing opinions on. The first way is how the main character goes from the first world to this new world. And then the second issue is that new world, is that considered part of the isekai genre? Uh, so let's go with the first thing, which is there seems to be a definition of isekai ten and isekai tensei. Yeah, ten ten, ten e meaning to move and transport into another world, and tensei, which tensei is to to reincarnate. Right, just like jobless reincarnation. Exactly. So the difference here is in tensei, isekai tensei. Similarly, with jobless reincarnation, Mashoko Tensei, the person gets reincarnated as a child, as a as a toddler, and grows up in this new world with their memories and experiences from the previous world intact. Whereas in transition into another world, for example, with Rising of the Shield Hero, the character that gets transported doesn't really change at all, other than gaining new stuff or losing new stuff, but is the same person with the same age and looks the same sometimes. So that seems to be their main broad category. Yeah, it doesn't necessarily mean that like they need to have died and then been born into this new world. Rather, they're summoned or they found a way to move into this world using supernatural or fantasy-based themes or or methods. It's it's that I guess that's like the the main sort of separation between transitioning and reincarnating into this new world. Even if, again, it's it's still very much, you can find edge cases on both sides. In regards to a lot of isekais, when uh, a person uh, gets reincarnated from their real world, like as in the world that we live in now, the first world, they die. They either get into an accident, they, you know, get stabbed or... They get run over by a car or even a train. Or, as anime memes are, they get run over by truck-kun, which is a lorry or a truck. And it has happened so much and so many times again that this being run over by a truck is a meme for isekais. Yeah, it's no longer just a trope. It literally is just now like, oh, this is going to be an isekai. I wonder when truck-kun's going to make an appearance. And I'd say out of like... Ten of the let's say, let's say out of ten is the guys I've watched. Like truck can show up in like four or five of them. Exactly. Yeah. It, it's 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 no longer like will will or won't it happen. Like you know that's going to show up in some form one way or another. If if they're meta enough to recognize it as a meme or if it's just they it play into the trope, you can expect to see truck could in some form. Now, this second issue where in regards to defining what considers an isekai is actually quite contentious between Will and I, which is. The second world that gets transported, reincarnated to. What happens when the connection between the two worlds are actually not severed? Because in a lot of cases, these people, when they get placed into the new world, the isekai world, they cannot go back. They can't, or it is very clear cut that this is their new life. They have to move on, and this is this is it. And they usually exist separately, right? Like, say, say for example, let's talk about like um, like ReZero, right? 
when Subaru gets hit by, I assume a Subaru. I, we can't confirm what truck it was. I, I, okay. But but he dies in contemporary like New Age Japan, but then he gets reincarnated in like medieval in the medieval fantasy world. No connection whatsoever between the two worlds. Furthermore, the first world other than what the character sometimes would have ingrained in their knowledge and experience, the previous world is are not mentioned at all. No one gives a shit. It's all about the new life going forward. But what happens when, for example, I'm thinking of certain shows of the sword art online variety, the dot hack variety. <laughs> the Digimon variety. The, 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 the digital monsters variety, yeah. Yeah. So in the case of sword art online, the people get transported into the video game world and it's it looks almost exactly like a new world. Except when they take off the helmet or when they log off in the game's case, they just go back to their regular daily lives. So does that count as an isekai? Yeah. Hence why I think then the subgenre the vid- video game slash digital isekais does does exist now. I mean, like for example, the digital monsters, Digimon, yes, they enter, quote-unquote, this digital world, but at the same time, their actions very much pertain to within that world, but when they decide to leave, they go back into regular Tokyo. In Sword Art Online, like you said, put the helmet on, you're in the SAO world. Take it off, you're back in the real world. So earlier when we said that there are two broad types of isekai, the isekai 10, which is transition, and the Isekai Tensei, which is reincarnation, one implies, which transition being, you can go both ways, possibly. But with reincarnation, that seems a lot more clear-cut, and you can't go back. So yeah, You no longer exist in the previous world. You are now part of the second world. Transition, though, you can exist in either or, just not at the same time. But as long as you find a link to bring you back and forth, you can move between worlds. So we have already mentioned a bunch of definitions, a bunch of shows, and have said isekai like 500 times. But what are the traits and subgenres of isekai? Yeah, let's talk about what makes an isekai. So obviously, the going to a new world is the whole definition and the whole point of the isekai. But when they get transported, it is extremely common, if not almost universally accepted, that the character transitioning from the real world to the isekai world retains some sort of um, knowledge or skill or experience or ability or know-how such that they are able to, whether it is take advantage of or actually break the rules that are established in the new world. Yeah, in, in every isekai, at least in every isekai I've watched, and I'm, I'm very certain it was also for you, Regardless of whatever position, whatever status the main character had, like pre-transition or pre-incarnation, when they move into this new world, they are given like a new status. They're given a new set of powers. They're given a new purpose, and that's usually like what defines a, a nisekai, at least from the character standpoint, in which they move into a new into a new world. There's something you need to achieve. There's the reason why they've been moved from world A into world B. And once they start figuring out how to utilize certain powers, how to understand the foothold that your status gives them, and also how to tackle certain things to be able to achieve a certain purpose, that's essentially the genre's like main definition of you know the 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 journey 
for an Isekai main character, whether it's just the main character or the troop that comes along with them. So when it comes to the first, and from a historical perspective, what would be kind of like the first well-known Isekai? My own personal, like what I remember of uh, the oldest Isekai, as far as I can remember, is Dot Hack. Dot Hack being a very well-known kind of, you get transported in a video game, and you can't go back or you can't respawn, that kind of thing. And there is a huge line of anime, manga, figurines, everything of that whole property. Now, let's then go fast forward because you can really focus a lot on just the modern interpretation and the modern proliferation of the isekai genre. And I would say that the main, main property, not property, platform that has popularized isekai genre is a platform called Naro. Naro is a platform that is allows you to write stories, kind of like web novels. Essentially, it is web novels. And a lot of these users would then write novels on this website, Naru. And that's where the isekai genre kind of really impacted not only the anime and manga scene, but also within the whole web novel, visual novel, light novel scene. I think a very popular isekai light novel and anime series in the 2000s was something called The Familiar of Zero, uh, which debuted in 2004. And the person called Saito gets transported from modern Japan and gets summoned into a fantasy world with the female lead. I have not seen or heard of this show before, but it seems to come up time and time and again when it comes to mentioning sort of the modern proliferation of the isekai genre. Yeah, isekai is, in in general. Whenever we talk about like this genre itself, like you could still see like the roots of the isekai genre from from old Western media. So, I mean, for example, like if we're talking about like Alice in Wonderland, if you're looking glass, like that essentially itself is an isekai. That is correct, right? And so we're not saying that there's like oh like Jap- isekai is different from that and all that. It's just that. In, in literature and media, there's always going to be borrowings, inspirations that come from one or another. And the the, the main thing is that with isekais, despite like whatever settings it is, whatever characters they use, there's always going to be a certain appeal as to why people like writing, reading, or just consuming isekais in general. Now, I obviously, even though isekai is a very strict, strictly Japanese term, as Will mentioned with Alice in Wonderland, that is a very clear example of being transported into another world and is very clearly an isekai. So it is not like, oh, anime and manga invented the word and the term and the genre isekai because clearly it has been done before. But it's, I think in, in general, it's like when it comes to just as, like us as base like humans, it's like we always kind of want to see what happens on the other side. Like what happens when we're no longer who we are and we're more than just, you know, just flesh and bone, like, bound by the the actual physical restraints of the world that we exist in? What if we can actually, like, sort of create magical or fantastical reinterpretations of, of life itself? So when it comes to why people consume isekais, including Will and I, the motivation to do so, besides obviously consuming anime and manga in general, I think the appeal of what an isekai is, kind of gives the viewer or reader 
or listener is basically some sort of fulfillment. This can range anywhere from a power fantasy, a harem fantasy, being able to have a second chance in life, uh, cheating or breaking a system that in their previous life, aka the real world, the first world, they got, you know, beaten on, they got taken advantage of, they get worked to death. I mean, there's literally tons of isekais where the person being isekai'd is either an office lady or a salary man, and then they get overworked, and then they die due to overexhaustion, and then they're like, well, I'm in this new world, fuck it, I'm not gonna, I'm gonna chill out. And there you have the storyline for for Slime 300, for example. Yeah, or like you're just, you know, a, you're, you're a closeted, like, neat you don't go outside, you've got bad social skills, people pick on you, and then, you know, either you get transported or an accident happens, and you move into the new world, and it turns out you're actually overpowered as fuck. Like, you pick up new skills, and you have supernatural powers, and you're able to just beat on whoever stands in your way, and unlike what happened to you in your previous life. And because you are a shut-in, you played video games, you watch anime, so then all of a sudden when you get transported in this world... You understand the systems. You understand how things integrate and work because of your quote-unquote otaku lifestyle with your video games and your anime. So that's a very common trope as well. And also being surrounded and swooned over by tons of opposite sex, whoever it is, whatever you're interested in. Like, again, it's, it's, it's that fulfillment of something you don't currently have, right? It's to fill the void of being able to like un- being unable to do something or achieve something. Oh, magic technically doesn't exist in the real world. Well, it does yeah. now. It does now. Well, it does in this one. So congratulations. So hey, girls, never wanted to talk to me. Oh, well, I guess I have a harem right at my doorstep now, right? Like, okay, this life is a lot better than what I had before. So one of the very, uh, I guess, well-known traits of an isekai is the main character being, quote-unquote, useless in their previous life but then immensely useful in their new life. So this doesn't always have to be the quote-unquote salary man or office lady that gets taken advantage of and uh, has no recognition or no, really no quote-unquote life, basically, until they get into this new world. But sometimes it could be just like, oh, I have this useless hobby or useless skill that I have kind of honed over the years. It doesn't really amount to anything, but... In this new world I got teleported to, it's the most important thing ever, and it changes everything. So the kind of, again, fulfillment of something matters when in the first world it doesn't matter is a big part of what an isekai is. And to be honest, I quite relate to that kind of fantasy fulfillment, wish fulfillment kind of power fantasy don't you think so well like it's a, at least it's a very easy concept to grasp would you right uh, be able to like flex on people that's the main thing right like you've acquired all these skills but like they don't really have as much real world or practical application but all of a sudden you get thrusted into this new world where actually your newfound skills the stuff that you've been doing and honing for like your whole life they're actually like world breaking world ending or world saving and now it's like you are like the most important person that exists there. I think everybody, everyone likes to be a winner. Everyone right. likes to succeed, right? And a huge part of isekais is, oh, the new person that you are in this new world, you are the chosen hero. You are the god. Well, not necessarily, but you know what I mean? Like you are a person that is of great importance. And 
back in the day, a lot of it was down to like physical progress, right? Like, oh, you 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 were meek and young, and like no one really, you were always the last person to be picked during soccer practice. Or you're bullied, you but know? now all of a sudden, like you are like you know, you got sigma brain, alpha body, fucking like testosterone in your eyes, fucking like just 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 some Hugh Jackman looking motherfucker. That's what it used to be. Now it's moving to the point now where like it's it's a lot of soft skills, a lot of charismatic based kind of up skills where now you know how to charm your enemy you know how to create relationships you you know how to be more diplomatic because of the fact that you just know how to talk to people you've maybe played some mmos or some games that taught you how to do that and then all of a sudden now you're applying those skills into this new world and it it means that you're able to take over and manipulate people or you have people to to follow your orders it's no longer like i'm going to beat the shit out of you in this new world now it's more like i'm going to get you to join my site and you're going to work under me furthermore i think another thing that is very pertinent to isekais especially nowadays is the knowledge persistence so for example i think and 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 there we're going to quote a lot of different isekai titles other than our eight recommendations so there are so many titles that we want to talk about and recommend, but look, we had to narrow it down to these eight. And we also um, have decided to uh, do certain, uh, admit certain uh, recommendations, and we'll get to that. But for example, I think there's an isekai about a pharmacist in another world. And this person, when they get isekai, they retained all this scientific knowledge that they had either from high school or f- from being a pharmacist. And then in this new world, there is none of that. So I think this person created shampoo, for example. And then that revolutionized everything because shampoo and soap is very important in in our world right now. Or and- imagine like you're watching like a, um, uh, an isekai and very clearly it's a harem isekai. And the main character starts talking to all these female characters that show up. Now, maybe in the previous world, didn't have the confidence or the ability to speak to them, but because of using his pre-existing knowledge of playing dating sims or like those kinds of dating games, then uses and recites those lines and it actually works. Like that's it, it, the, when you say like you know, when they have like that knowledge to be able to excel in that new world, it could be like you said, being able to replicate all your pharmaceutical knowledge. It could also just be as simple as I played a dating sim. Therefore, I'm going to use these to talk to chicks in this world or guys in this world, and it works. Or, even simpler than that, I was an adult previously. I am now a child, but I have all the sensibilities, mindsets, knowledge that I had as an adult in my previous life. So I'm ahead of the curve compared to everyone. Magic or not, fantasy or not, powers or not. So it can go on and on. But when it comes to modern proliferation of isekai i think there are three things that come to mind at least in the west especially the first thing is the movie spirited away uh when it comes to miyazaki films studio ghibli films spirited away is probably the first thing that a lot of westerners would say and still talk about this day exactly and the the film is really good and that is also a very good example of an isekai that does not involve reincarnation because the main character, she just gets transported to the new world and then hangs out there for the duration of the movie and then it ends and then comes back and that's it. So Spirited Away, and a lot of people don't really associate Spirited Away with isekai. 
especially when you compare it to some of the other stuff that we talk about. But it is an isekai. Yeah, for this very purpose, it very much is, right? I think other shows that, other other properties that really helped to sort of help proliferate the, the, the genre, but I don't think either that this particular series had the isekai tag on it. And I mean, I watched as a kid, you watched as a kid. We're talking about Digimon Adventures. Yes. Like, I, I never thought of it as an isekai. I just thought of it as kids who have digital monsters and they battle for supremacy and try and rid the world of evil but like i never really separated that the digimon world was different from the from the real world that they lived in 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 contemporary japan exactly so digimon adventure is probably another well-known isekai that people don't consider an isekai right virtual world but it still exists within the world that they live in right but then we take that to the next step like 10 12 years later here we go and now we're talking about probably the most famous contemporary isekai now the big boy or big girl would you say that is a boy or a girl Uh, it's yeah we're not going to give it a uh yeah we're gender neutral here Yeah, we're not going to give it a pronoun we're just going to give it just what it is it's full name sword art online now sword art online is i think an i a huge ip intellectual property of in of itself it is so well-known and so popular and so hated by many that, you know, you can't deny its significance in the isekai genre. I would say, of all the things that we have mentioned, if it was not for Sword Art Online, of course, with the Naru platform, none of these would exist. But I would say Sword Art Online, at least in terms of the anime front, is literally what put isekai back on the map, if it was even ever on the map in the first place. Yeah, that's around that time where it's like, oh, this is what an isekai is. That's what isekai means. So, hey, we we have some stuff to thank SAO for. So, online, thank you for shining a light on isekai. Uh, uh, granted, of course, it does get a certain level of hate. I understand that. But apparently, the later seasons have been pretty good. They've been much more well, like, Alicization and the subsequent seasons that came after it, they're better rated. I still haven't watched a single episode of SAO, though. I finished season one. I got through, like, a bit of season two. Uh, yeah, yeah. And I watched Ordinal Scale is probably... Yeah, okay. Look, we'll, that that's a whole yeah. other issue, to be honest. Yeah, so, like, basically, like, SAO, like, blew up. Isekai's all of a sudden now. It's like, yo, Isekai's the shit. I want to watch more stuff about people moving into a new world or reincarnating into a fantasy existence. I want to be more powerful. I want to start making my life awesome. And that just means there's going to be more and more and more and more and more Isekais, right? Everything from light novels to visual novels to web novels, everything's going to be adapted and it's going to be awesome, right? We have reached a boiling point with Isekai genre, not only as consumers will and i but also just the industry in general as we mentioned the past couple of years as far back as i can remember in the recent half decade every single goddamn anime season had at least three to four isekais like it wasn't even a question whether or not you would say that it's an isekai or not it was very clearly that it was just basically okay what world's going to be featured or what's the main shtick? Like what sets sets this isekai apart from another isekai? And because it is a huge, vast genre, it gets an equal amount of trash and hate, some of which is very warranted, some of it maybe not so much. But 
the stagnation of isekais. I think we are so we're already there, really. But I'm sure there's just going to be another couple of years, or maybe even endless years of isekai genres and mashups and anime and manga of the isekai variety from here on out. Yeah, like when when we talk about like this whole rise of isekais, we don't say that subsequently there's going to be a fall. Far from it. What we mean more is that it's kind of just stuck where it is now. Like we don't really see what more the genre can offer. It's more just is there going to be a series or a property that sticks out and says, you know what? Like out of all the isekai stuff I've watched, yeah, I can watch that. I can vouch for that. But for a lot of things, a lot of series. You you could describe the base plot, and you could say that's the same story for X Y Z isekai or A B C isekai. And it's gone to the point where in 2006, a Japanese short story contest organized by Naru and also Bungako Free Market placed a ban on any entries involving isekai. In 2017, the publisher Kadokawa banned isekai stories in their own anime and manga-style novels contests. But then on the other side, Kadokawa is like, bro, why don't let's just open an isekai museum uh, in July of 2021? Yeah, that's the state of isekai. It's, it's here to stay. And we we all recognize, even like the large publishers like Kadokawa recognize how important the isekai genre is for weebs around the world. But at the same time, they also have seen that because of the popularity that comes with it, it does mean that exponentially there's going to be even more boring shit. There's going to be stuff that really just does not appeal to anybody, and if you just keep watering it down, the the genre itself will start to lose appeal. But as of right now, it still prints quite a considerable amount of money for the industry, so it's going to keep chugging along until it literally cannot go any further, rather than letting it die peacefully. I mean, literally, every, like you said, right, every year, every season, there's going to be three to four isekais that get announced for adaptations, and then we look back at the source, oh, it was a light novel produced by none other than Kadokawa, or XYZ Publishing Company. So... Um, when I researched this topic, the isekai genre, one thing really caught me by surprise, and it involves, of all things, Russia. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> because Russia officially uh, – I have the link. It, it, I mean, I'm not going to tell, tell you where the link is, but you can Google it. Russia is like, yo, we're banning isekais, period, like as a country. And I was just like – my God, the isekai genre to get to that point where a massive, powerful country is like, bro, fuck that shit. Yeah. Now, granted, a lot of different countries and governments have come out and put certain series, whether it's manga, anime, cartoons, movies, live actions, whatever. Some of them will be banned for certain reasons. But the 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 reason why Russia banned isekai is incredible. I think they even like mentioned one or two specifically by name. Like for example, like the Death Note is illegal in 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 Russia. I, I think. I think it's also illegal in uh, China as well. So Naruto is, is is banned in Russia, I believe too. Either oh, 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 I yeah. got it. I got it. According to the Russia courts, the show targeted shows including Zombie Land Saga, Konosuba, That time I got reincarnated as a slime, Princess Lover, and Nekopara. <laughs> yep. Now, reincarnation is always kind of those topics where it, it either is just, you know, 
real-life speculation, religious-based, spiritual-based, but Russia doesn't take too kindly to the idea of reincarnation. Or people offing themselves to get transported into a quote-unquote better world. So Therefore, the state then decided, enough of this shit. We don't want to pollute our youth's brains with the idea that there's a better world out there through reincarnation or through the transportation into another world. We're just going to outright ban the genre. Okay. So that's crazy. But another crazy thing about isekais in general, which also you can say is about light novels in general because I put this contest to Will in episode 12, uh, the season one finale. Very fun, by the way. Is how long and elaborate the titles of these things are. Such that when it comes to addressing these shows, it is almost it is stupid, really, to say the whole name. So then there are these short form names, and so, like for example, Konosuba is probably a sh- an isekai show that everyone knows, and Will has watched it. I've watched it. We think Konosuba is great. We're not going to recommend it, but we'll get into why that's the case later on. But Konosuba is actually not called Konosuba. It's called, like, Kono, and then it goes on and on and on. Same thing earlier when I said about Slime 300 in the news getting a second season. We call it Slime 300. But the full name, and I am trying to find the name right now, is, what was it? I've been killing slimes for 300 years and maxed out my level. I'm not going to say that line Every time I mention that anime, but Slime 300 is perfect. That time I got reincarnated as a slime, I just say, everyone just says Slime Isekai. That's literally it. So there's short forms for all these long and elaborate titles. And I thought that that's pretty funny. And that's n- n- unfortunately uh, the way it is. But that's just, that's just the trope, not just with the Isekais, but like in light novels too, right? Where it's like, it's such long form title names that they essentially tell you the whole damn story of what the novel's about and funny or not like that's just something that you have to get used to and it's not going to change they're not going to change their long form name you will have to basically look at the whole title and then think oh it's got this juxtaposition there that word there we'll put the two together and that's the short form name hence Konosuba hence Slime 300 hence Two Target Mom or whatever anime manga isekai you're looking into all right, so we have gone on quite a bit about what an isekai is, and we could go on even further, but we have probably given you enough background information, which, to be honest, I think a lot of you guys as listeners would probably know already. So Yeah, you already know way more than most people. I mean, we haven't even started talking about the more adult-oriented isekai anyway, but we'll maybe later on at the end of this episode yeah, name drop a few. I, I kind of deleted that Some section. of those names are just fucking crazy but we'll we'll talk about those fucking stupid so now we have a good amount of time left but we're gonna use it wisely because will and i are gonna recommend a bunch of isekai anime and manga now when it comes to recommending uh anything uh when it comes uh in regards to a main discussion topic we try our best to get you sort of shows that you would really want to check out In the case of the isekai, there are so much to choose from. We decided to kind of have this self-restriction of not mentioning really, really obvious 
shows. Right. So like Konosuba, ReZero, uh, Overlord, um, Shield Hero, Slime Isekai. A lot of those we know are super it tells it, we can tell it's super popular because it's got a massive following on my anime list. They're super highly rated and they're always on the front page of the anime section on Netflix or whatever platform you use to watch. So no need to talk about those, though if you haven't watched them yet, please do. Instead, we're going to be discussing for me, I got three properties. I think you got three or four. I got four. So we got plenty enough here for you to watch. I mean, all, if you watch all this stuff back to back, it'll probably last you like for another six, nine months, depending on how frequently you watch and read your manga and anime. But I would say that just because we haven't mentioned a certain show as we recommend it or not, does not mean that we both or one of us does not like that show. For yeah. example, I would say... Overlord is one of my favorite guilty pleasures. It's a fun time. And Will watched it, it for this episode, not because he wants to recommend it, but because he just wants to know and he thought, you know, since we're doing Isekais, why not? And it's great. If you haven't watched No Game, No Life, go ahead and watch that shit. Right. But we are not going to tell you to rec- – we're not recommending it to you officially because, like, come on. You either know it or you've checked it out or you don't yeah, care. Exactly. You know someone who really knows about it. Instead, we're going to talk about shows that you might not have heard of or maybe it's that one thing that's always been on your plan to watch list. And for the longest time, you haven't pulled the trigger until now because we've pulled the trigger on a total of seven shows and mangas that we want to recommend to you from the Isekai genre. So, Will, do you want to jump back and forth or do you – yeah, uh, you got four, right? So you want to start first? I got three. Okay. I will start with the only manga among our seven. And that one is called Uncle from Another World. The reason why I chose to, you know, uh, recommend this show, uh, this manga, is not only because it's really good, but also because there is an anime incoming officially. And it is dated for 2022, although there's no formal kind of concrete uh, seasonal uh, premiere date. It is also uh, going to be produced by Altier Pontdark. I can't really pronounce it. But it is a new studio that was created by the animation producer of ReZero, speaking of, and with a lot of former White Fox staff. So that's pretty good. Also, the VA playing the uncle is Dio Brando. So come on. That sounds fucking awesome i really want to watch that so uncle from another world published in english by yen press currently has three volumes out in english and i read all three and uh the plot is as such there is an uncle a guy and he woke up from a 17 year coma during the 17 years it turns out that he was living his life not as a person in comatose but in another kind of generic fantasy world. So then when he wakes up at 34, because he got comatose at 17, his nephew is like, yo, um, a lot of shit happened since you were kind of out. But, I mean, now that you're awake, you just kind of want to live with me. A lot of shit has happened. And basically this isekai is kind of weird because rather than getting transported to the other world, this person gets transported back. The uncle does. And they only call him uncle. They don't even tell you the name, which is hilarious to me. Furthermore, the story revolves around the nephew and some and the uncle mainly kind of reminiscing about the uncle's times when he was in this 
fantasy world. So imagine kind of like, you know, like your grandfather or whatever sitting down next to you and telling you stories during the war or during, you know, like when he was a child, how things were different. Well, guess what? This is like that, except your uncle just woke up from a 17-year-old coma in another world. And the comedy is hilarious. It is so goddamn funny because it is not... I, I don't really want to spoil it, but it's not what you think. And it is extremely stupid. Not only because he wakes up 17 years later and he doesn't understand the jargon. He doesn't understand what YouTube is. He doesn't understand why people troll comments. He he replies on every single comment. And it's just... Or like, oh, what the hell is in a, you know, a smartphone? I just want a flip phone. He's like, no, no, no. Uncle, this is not how it works. It's just basically watching someone who's so out of touch with the real world. And then you realize, actually, yeah, no, this, it's because this person's not from this real world. And then he sort of like, oh, I remember that. That That's kind of like that time that I was in that fantasy world and X and Y happened. And then the nephew's like, bro, you got to tell me that story right the fuck now. Let's sit down. And it is just so dumb, so funny. And I can't wait to see this get animated. I mean, the fact that, like, you said the, the title of it is Uncle from Another World, right? And, like, the Japanese title, the original title, is just literally Isekai Ojisan. Exactly. Which is Isekai, uh, Uncle Isekai. Exactly. Like, it, you, you, when you say it, like, you think, oh, it's just, it's the Isekai about the uncle. It's like, no, that's exactly what the title is. And it, sometimes, like you said, like, it could be super long and convoluted and whatnot. No, this one is as straightforward as the titles can be. And it's funny because the frame of reference that the uncle has is of when he was 17 and before he had a coma. So things like Sega Saturn, things like the video games that he plays have obviously some, many of them have not aged well. So he uses those references because he is a neat. He is a shut in. He is a, He's a nerd. He got picked on a lot. So that's kind of really funny and how he kind of traverses this new world. And then it's really good. So that is my manga recommendation. Right. So to begin my recommendations, I'm going to talk about uh, an anime actually that came out fairly, fairly recently. I think about definitely within uh, last year because we talked about it during the um, the the uh, JP podcast. Uh, I'm going to be talking about how Realist rebuilt the kingdom. So this is a anime that's based on the light novel of the same name that also has a uh, manga adaptation. It's also going to have a second season. So it's going to be coming up this winter 2022. As of today's recording, when this comes out, the first episode should be out. So if you haven't watched it yet, please do, because I've finished the first season. And I'm going to tell you why you should watch it. So... To give you sort of an understanding of what Realist People of the Kingdom is, I've talked about it before, but just to recap, it's about a kid, well, teenager, uh, named Kazuya Soma, who is essentially working towards becoming a civil servant. You're just very standard, boring, just, you know, clean, doing doing your like your civil duty for the, the country of Japan. But all of a sudden, while he's at the library reorganizing books, a summoning circle just pops up under his feet, wondering what the hell's going on, and then boom. He gets transported into a fantasy world called the Elfriden Kingdom. And he has actually been summoned to be the leading hero of this ongoing war between the demon army and this Elfriden Kingdom. He needs to essentially help to bring this 
this this kingdom, this country, back up to the top to be able to fight against the demon army. Oh, make makes a lot of sense in terms of typical isekai title. So, what where's the shtick, Will? Most of the time, whenever we talk about like fantasy anime, fantasy dramas, it's always power struggles, right? This country is stronger than that country. The demons are coming over and raising land and killing off all the innocents, and therefore you need to be stronger than them. And then Kazuyasoma, who's been betrothed with the responsibility of leading this kingdom to, to, to freedom, to success, everyone's like, okay, how do we repair the army? Do we need to get more weapons? Do we need more summoning power? Do we need to train more magicians? He goes and says, how are your, um, how are your, your crop yields doing this season? What do you mean? But clearly, you know, you have a a, a hundred man army, but how are you feeding them? Wait, is this that serious? We're talking about no, no, no. We're talking no, about no. food here. No, but you're the chosen hero. You need to go and fight the dragon and the demons and save the princess, and then you marry the princess, and yeah, the guy, right? Right, right. But where's your party? Where you need a party, right? Yeah. So here's the thing. Um, can you take me to 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 the the grounds? I want to see the garden and see what you guys are producing. I mean, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, sure, but can we talk, like... We'll talk about this afterwards, okay? Okay, Wait. okay. So these are their fields? Yeah. Why are you growing cotton? Well, because cotton is good. It's a wanted commodity, and we want to make money off it. Yeah. Okay, so what are you going to do with this money? You're going to buy food? Yeah. yeah. But do you realize that because of the fact that you have now overinflated the price of corn, that means now that the money you make from selling cotton is no longer to be able to yield the same amount of corn for your army. So you actually you're operating at a loss. If you're not able to make sure you have a stable economy, you can no longer be able to feed your army. Therefore, you won't have enough war funding, and we won't be able to fight against the demon army. Wait, what is economy inflation? And I don't. That's what makes this anime so fucking funny. It, it, you, like it's 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 insanely different from the fact that you don't even need to have a strong army. You don't need to raise superpowers. The, the guy's superpower is being able to manipulate feathers, like like quills, to do clerical work, to fill out orders. That's his superpower. It's no. fucking dumb, but it's amazing, and I love it. So, in the pantheon of isekai shows, usually when it comes to the power that either gets given to the main character or the skills that get transferred over. It is usually what we call overpowered, OP. But in this case, realist uh, rebuild the kingdom, the whole point, the whole shtick is this person turns things around purely by administrative economical theories, things that you and I kind of don't really want to ever study. And But if you do, like, it's not a bad choice, but... You know, like, conventional wisdom does not dictate that these are necessarily skills that are transferable. But guess what? It does. It's amazing just to see it play out as well because there's there's a lot of comedic moments. There's just stuff where it's like you just did not think it mattered at all. You want to see human armies take down demon kingdoms and all that. But when you start seeing this person go to an army and say, I don't think that you guys need to actually get more people what you need you need to sleep on comfortable beds to be able to get your eight hours of sleep so that when you fight you fight with more efficiency and we're also balancing that out with a consistent crop yield of of food so that that way blah 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 blah, blah and everyone's just like oh, oh okay right sure okay and then going off and doing like he even like he, he, he does create a party but his party is i want to find the person who knows how to eat good food i want to find a muse i want someone who knows how to sing 
Okay, um, fine. We'll go find some blue-haired, big-titty singer who's going to woo our people and stimulate and get everyone ready to, to fight for the kingdom. And then we have a food taster who knows how to make soba noodles in this fantasy medieval kingdom. It's fucking dumb, but it's incredibly, incredibly satisfying to watch. And it's just a little bit unconventional compared to your other isekais. Cannot highly recommend it. Uh, I cannot recommend it anymore. Please watch season one. Season two is started now. Go ahead and watch Realist Rebuild the Kingdom. My first anime, isekai anime recommendation is a show called Grimgar Ashes and Illusions. It is a winter 2016 seasonal anime. There's only 12 episodes, I think, plus an OVA special. It is produced by A1 Pictures. And uh, it's based on the light novel Grimgar of Fancy and Ash. So the title is slightly different, but it's really the same thing. Um, This show is a show that I wanted to check out forever. And on the surface, it is very typical. A bunch of people, in this case, they wake up and exit this kind of temple or building, and all of a sudden they get thrusted in this world called Grimgar. And they have kind of different classes, like Thief, Warrior, things that you would expect in like an online game or any of those kind of things. And then they battle, they gain kind of uh, abilities, literally like a video game. So what makes this isekai different than the others? It is about... First of all, it's about the characters, which is the characters that are focused during this anime are not the overpowered people. They actually went off already and are on their quest and have done everything, or at least on their way to. The anime focuses on the rejects, the ones who got who actually didn't get picked to go on the party. And all the rejects come together and it's like, well, I guess we all need to band together and, and do this thing, huh? So it focuses first on kind of the quote-unquote rejects of the isekai group. And there are a lot of them. In this case, there are six of them. Furthermore, it really shows kind of the progression of these characters because, and I can't believe this, I think I was two episodes or three episodes in, they only fought two things. And they failed. So none of this like, oh, I'm so overpowered, I destroyed literally a legendary dragon that no one else could defeat. This is literally right outside the town. I need to defeat this one person, this one thing. There's six of us, and we all failed. And it just shows how how they fumble, and they really don't have the skills and know-how to even fight off one enemy when there's all six of them no but it, it, it could totally be like like dark souls right where like the first enemy you fight is like this overpowered dragon and of course they're going to fail right if you're fighting something that's super powerful it's it i mean even if you have six people you wouldn't have doubted that they would fail anyway right like, okay okay i'll just say it. it's a goblin it's one goblin wait one so it's like when you play like an mmo or like an rpg and then literally it's like the training arc of like the game and you couldn't beat that yeah, the six of them cannot beat that. That is literally, I think throughout the whole uh, season, there's only one season, there's only two types of enemies involved. And in terms of training, hunting locations, there are only two places. And that's where this anime takes place. And it is also shows that sometimes being isekai is not all rosy. 
because there are some really brutal aspects to isekai if it really was to be implemented quite realistically to be honest where like if you get cut you're not going to get healed but the cut still hurts no one actually really thinks about that or hey what about room and board oh yeah in any typical isekai you would get a scene where they go to an inn but what happens when you need to go back to town and live there every day do you pay rent where do you get your money things like that are very really you don't really think about but actually it it is extremely important I also think that the six of them, the dynamics between the group, the camaraderie is fantastic. Uh, everyone are, even though there are tropes and archetypes, it is done so well. And I think that this is a show that not a lot of people know about, that a lot of people should check out. It is done by A1 Pictures. It looks fantastic because they contrast sort of typical anime clear line drawing with sketchbook backgrounds i mean it's a1 yep. they've made a name for themselves in the isekai world by doing sao so they must have made grim girl look pretty good too you know no name the no. one who did doro hedero oh yeah they sung pretty much all of the music so oh, overall pretty neat package then good music good animations good story and here's the crazy thing the soundtrack is like modern jazz edm rock there's even a beatboxing track at one point, and somehow it works. It shouldn't, but it's hilarious that it does, and it just shows the brutality and cruelness sometimes that are in this world that sometimes you are not necessarily always the chosen one. Okay, sounds like definitely a recommendation then, right? Absolutely. Right. Quite a uh, unique entry for sure. The next one on my list is, okay, this one's... I, I absolutely really, really like because it's such a it, – it fits into the whole edgy, like, edgelord appeal. I, I think there's there's really no other way of saying it other than that it's violent edginess. And it's because of the fact that this property is done by the same guy who did Helsing. I'm talking about Drifters. So Drifters is a 12-episode anime uh, that I think has it, – it, it's based off the manga of the same name. Um, it's produced by Hood's Drifters Studio, which is strange because they originally are called Hood's Entertainment. They've done stuff like Mysterious Girlfriend X, uh, Merchen Matchen. They've done um, Val Love. But for some reason, for this specific one, they decided to change the name to the to, to, to Hood's Drifters. Specifically, a studio just to do the Drifters series. Um, so, twelve episodes, one curve. There are a several like OVAs, but a lot of them were like DVD only releases. So, I can't get them because I don't know where to buy the DVD. But it's really easy to watch the regular series itself, and that's fine. That's all you need to watch. So, it's set in the 1600s or at least the original world is set in the 1600s because it follows the battle of Sekigahara which is a very very important battle uh within like the, the many wars that feudal Japan had gone through so it follows the one of many main characters uh, called uh, Toyohisa Shimatsu who in real life is a very powerful samurai who led one of the armies uh during the battle of Sekigahara so manages to kill off a warlord, and as he's slowly about to die, he then blacks out and then wakes up and he sees a long, long white hallway with loads of doors on the side, and in the middle, there's a desk, a filing cabinet on the top 
a computer on your side, a lamp, and a mysterious man named Murasaki sitting right at the desk, filling out papers, chopping stuff with his stamps, organizing different things, going through different doors. And then he's just like, what the fuck's going on here? What am I? Who are you? What am I doing in this world? The guy looks up, stamps a sheet of paper, door opens, and Toyohisa gets thrown into the land of the Drifters and Enders. In this new world, it's literally a battle between the Drifters, which is his side, and the Enders, which is the other side. He then starts teaming up with other fictional or like real life people like so it's fictional characters based off of real life people including none other than the most famous japanese warlord of all time fucking oda nobunaga one of the greatest japanese archers of all time yuichi nasu and then you start meeting other people you start meeting other fictional or real life characters that you really wouldn't have imagined seeing in a fantasy isekai but holy fuck if we, I've, I've talked. We've talked about um, records of Ragnarok and how the manga looks super dope, but the anime is kind of eh. Oh, it got a second season, right? <sighs> Whatever. We'll, we'll talk about that another time. This is what Record of Ragnarok should have been. Holy fuck! The music is great because it, it takes the same audio cues from the Helsing soundtrack. The animation is also great. It's fucking good. The voice acting, perfect. I have nothing bad to say about drifters it is such a fun stupid time it is the super smash brothers of the isekai world holy fuck if that doesn't really tickle your fantasy okay dude like the other side they've got joan of arc right they've got like russian warlords they even have hitler in this one as well so this is essentially the historical version of recreators it's it's just mind-boggling the amount of shit that you can watch within 12 episodes and every single episode is just super high octane good animation even better music it's just a fun stupid time like it just fits the whole edgelord persona like you have to watch it if you want to be an edgelord so will would you say that my personality is rather defensive and docile and docile and meticulous and rather cautious? I would say yes, to the point where you would do everything you can to be able to 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 preempt any precautions you have and maximize certain things to protect yourself. And sometimes, most of the time, it is unnecessary. It's a completely unnecessary, but you do it anyway, and when the situation arises where like you have your ultimate defenses... You look. Be, you you look around. And be like, well, don't say I didn't tell you so, but I told you so. I mean, literally, that has happened many times before. But yes, this next anime that I'm going to recommend follows the same principle. Cautious hero. The hero is overpowered but overly cautious. They, they, they must be pretty cautious, right? If they if they're a cautious hero and they need to be overly cautious because they're a cautious hero. Exactly. It is a fall 2019 seasonal anime. There is one cur 12 episodes produced by White Fox. Again, based on the light novel of the same name. And uh, it's about a goddess, and a, actually a group of goddesses. And their jobs is to kind of allocate these heroes to these worlds to sort of defeat all these uh, demons and 
evil forces that are trying to consume all these worlds. So they kind of classify these worlds or like, oh, that is like S tier kind of chaos and evil. So we need like a very high level, you know, hero that's capable of conquering that and so on and so forth. And this one goddess, she um, she's a, a newbie. She's like, eh, I need to find the perfect, perfect hero. And on paper, she's like, oh my god, I found it. This is awesome. This is going to be the best thing ever. Summons that hero who turns out to be a Japanese guy from another world, uh, from our world. Yeah, okay, sure. But this guy is overly cautious. How overly cautious? Let me just give you an example that doesn't, is not in the anime or kind of is not in the anime. They have to fight a demon, right? Makes sense. This person then decides to train. Train and train. And the goddess is like, are you going to stop? How many push-ups are you done? Oh, it's just like another like two million would be good. It's like, what? Oh, um, how many skills do you have? Oh, yeah, I just have this like world-ending de- uh, destruction skill. It's like, why do you need that? You're good. You can, you can, you can destroy the world. It's like, no, no, no. Listen, uh, Mrs. Goddess, like you never can be too careful. But we're fighting a slime. That's like... That demon is literally just right outside the starter town. We're not even we're not even talking about the the demon king. It's like, yeah, but you never know. And that kind of repeats over and over again as uh the goddess and this chosen hero kind of ventures into this world. The story is hilarious as well. And the interactions between the different goddesses and the overly cautious hero is really, really funny. And um, surprisingly, it ends on a rather interesting note towards the end because things get a little bit serious, but pretty good. I would say the overly cautious part, they they at least fulfill that promise. And uh, I thought, okay, so he's just going to train harder or he's just going to be overly prepared, right? That's the whole point. And yes, you're right. But the way he one-ups his over-preparedness is... <laughs> It's so absurd, and I cannot agree that even that even I looked at that and I was like, dude, I will. That's crazy, bro. I'm I like to over prepare and bro. There's yeah, an I, extent, right? There, there's a limit to it, and they've gone way past it. Yeah, even I, to your even even to your standards. Yeah, I looked at that and I had a panic attack. I was like, I don't think I can do that. I would like to prepare a lot, but not that. And uh, the show's really good. 12 episodes, right? One Kerr? Yep. White Fox? I don't think there will ever be a season two, but that's usually the case for a lot of animes anyways. I mean, season one enough is, is really enough, right? It should be a good time. It's one of those things where the ending is one of those endings where, oh, if there was no season two, it's fine because it ties up all the loose ends, but they kind of leave themselves open for a season two whenever that might be. So I guess go ahead and read the, the novels instead then, right? You guys can, I, I, yeah, I, I guess. <laughs> okay. Now, for the last recommendation on my side, this one is incredibly left field because I don't think anybody has ever heard of this. I didn't either until I started looking up, you know, isekai tags on my anime list and my I, anime corner. I didn't. I, no one knows what the fuck this is. 
the show in, in question here is The Twelve Kingdoms. Now, the, the, the shows we mentioned previously, right? All of them have come out between 2015 or 2016 till now. This, on the other hand, came out spring 2002. It was produced by Studio Piero of wait, wait, all studios. Wait, wait, Will. Studio Piero. Yes. Of Akudama Drive fame. Yes. Of what, what else do you like a lot by them? Tokyo Ghoul. Of Tokyo Ghoul fame. No, but you don't like Tokyo Ghoul the anime. You like the manga. But what else do you like about <sighs> Studio Piero? Let's just say that Piero and I have a very, very interesting, at times, really bad relationship. This is not one of those times. Okay. I mean, I like my Naruto's, even if the anime was shit. I like my Tokyo Ghoul, even though the anime was shit. <laughs> Studio Piero does animes. Okay, okay, sorry, sorry, go on. But Twelve Kingdoms, yeah. Twelve Kingdoms, on the other hand, okay. So it's forty-five episodes. It's it's one of the longer series we're talking about here. But the the key thing here is that it's actually good that it's forty-five episodes because this is a series you need to take your time with. So. As Izuka is can be, it starts off with a main character named Yoko Nakajima. So she's just a unassuming, you know, student, class president, gets good school grades. Um, you know, classmates kind of like her, but because she's still a little bit different for some reason, like she has red hair, and people really have a problem with that because I guess different colored hair means you're delinquent. But you know, later on, after 2002, if you have different colored hair, it means you're the main character of an isekai or an anime in general. I was about to say that, yeah, yeah. Um, so she's just basically like you know, very goody two shoes, but quite easy as a pushover. Uh, she just doesn't really want to do anything with other people, she just wants to be able to get through life and also show that she's you know, able to take care of herself. But all of a sudden, in her classroom, a man just appears. Clearly, a man from a different world because he's wearing feudal Japan, feudal like Japanese garb and gear. Like it, it just looks like it's out from the the fifteen hundreds. And all of a sudden, he just bows down and says, "Do you want me to save your life? Do you want to save the world?" Well, what are you, what are you talking about? It's like, if you want to save the world, follow me. I could, yes, follow me. And she says. Okay, sure, I will. And then all of a sudden, the sky breaks open, and dragons and griffins and monsters start flying in, and it starts killing things around her. And what? She's like, what the fuck's going on? And it turns out she is actually being transported into this new world as part of the 12 kingdoms. Why? It's because it's 12 different islands that make up this kingdom. It's basically like there's a lot of like old Chinese mythical stories, um, a lot of like old Japanese like folklore, like yomas and all that, all distilled into one crazy world where it turns out she actually doesn't belong in Japan. No. No. As soon as she goes into this new world, all of a sudden her hair color changes. Her facial expressions change, her, her skin color changes, her voice changes. She is now one of the most skilled, most powerful swordsmen across the land of the Twelve Kingdoms. Better yet, there's a reason why this person, this otherworldly man, just shows up and dedicates his life to protecting her. What, husband? No. She is in line for one of the most powerful thrones throughout the Twelve Kingdoms. She is actually a queen. Okay. Now, from that world, though, from the old Japan, comes 
two of her classmates, one of which was like, I fucking hate this world. Like, super nihilistic. Like, nothing matters in this world. If I die, no one's going to give a fuck. She kind of gets her dream because she gets transported into this new world as well. And all of a sudden, it's like, yo, I dig this shit, man. This shit's fucking awesome. Oh, I got I get, a second chance at life. I get, I get to really fuck shit up. Oh, I have a sword in my hand. I'm going to kill that monster. And then an old man appears as dedicate your life to me and i'll give you all the power you want let me guess this person is bad news she feels that hey hold on a second nakajima you you're not the queen i came into this world i wanted to be part of this world you want to go back to japan you're a fraud i'm going to take over your life i'm going to fucking kill you and i'm going to become the queen and that's just like the first 15 episodes it then has a recap episode what I say is not a spoiler because it literally is like the, the front page of the poster. The story's fucking great. And, it, it, and I have to express as well. It's wonderful that it's 45 episodes because this is one of those shows that you really need to take your time with. The The lore is so rich and heavy the whole time. Actually, you might be impressed by this, Jason. I don't think you should be because I really shouldn't be doing it any other way. I didn't 2x or even 1.1x any of these episodes. I watched everything at normal speed, and I had to because it's just like a monogatari thing. If I sped it up, I would be so lost and not know what the fuck's going on. You really, really need to pick up 12 Kingdoms. It's incredibly different. It's it's, it's a period drama Masked by the fact that it's got its kind tropes because you can travel to a new world. No one dies, but the worlds exist separately. It's a good old time. Yes, the visuals are very dated, but that's why it's one of my last recommendations because as much as it is a very old show, it is very much worth your time. And it, it looks fantastic for something that came out in 2002. And also done by Piero. I have to repeat, it is a studio Piero property that I actually like. All right. Well, that's cool with the Twelve Kingdoms. Yeah. I mean, if you hadn't heard how much I like it, yeah. But I think you've got something up your sleeve in terms of something that's cool in the Isekai world. What do you got? Hell no, it's not cool. Do you like books, Will? Oh, fuck. <laughs> I mean, aren't all these based on books? They're all based on light novels and fucking manga. But do you like to read? Sometimes, if it's, you know, got pictures in it. I when suppose. was the last book that you read, Will? Book, book, right? Yeah. Probably like eight, ten years ago. The last book I read was Hearts in Atlantis by Stephen King. If you were to ask me what was the last novel I've read, so not a medical textbook or school textbook, I also don't remember. But if you really like books, then you will have an affinity with Yurano Mototsu, which she is a librarian, and she got into an accident, and she died, and she got transported to this new world. Oh, fuck, no way. Yeah, bro. So when she gets transported to this new world, she gets uh, she was a child, you know, like a toddler, just like Jobless Reincarnation. Great. She grows up, and she's like, yo, I just want to read books. I just want to chill the fuck out. And her parents in this new world is like, what are books? And she kind of has a panic attack. Yep. She she knows that she's been reincarnated, but she's born into a family where everyone is illiterate. Exactly. That is the start of Ascendance of a Bookworm which is a fall 2019 seasonal anime. They're, the first season, at least, 
has 14 episodes. And I said first season because there are two seasons out now. The third season should be out in April for spring. And it is produced by Agiado and based on the light novel of the same name. There's also a manga adaptation by J Novel Club. And uh, I think this show is ranked pretty high. I think all of the seasons, which is season one and two, are above an eight on my anime list. 8.01 for the first season, 8.13 for the second season, which in all aspects is great. Well over 330,000 members combined between the two seasons, and it's probably going to be more when season three comes out. They're good stats. Very good stats. Really, Ascendance of a Bookworm or known by many as Bookworm Isekai, is about a nerd who likes to read, and all she just wants to do is read a goddamn book. Except, this is not really played comedically, but her journey to actually read a book leads her to make a lot of really smart decisions that she has obtained through her previous life, because she has read a lot of books, so she has a lot of knowledge from all these different disciplines and things and she uses that to her full advantage and because her her social status is you know like of the lower class her parents can't read she uses that to basically become well known and famous such that she just wants to get a book bro she just wants to read that's it ascendance of a bookworm i think is one of those shows that are extremely slow and really, to be very, very honest, if you remember, Will, because we've watched both seasons, I don't really think a lot of killing and stuff... Ha- I mean, there are a little bit of that. There's like two. Yeah. Two especially parts towards the end. fight, yeah. But for the most part, it's literally just her trying to figure out how to get the right materials and the time and the ability to read, write, and therefore create her own library her own her own books that she can read because it turns out as you might expect uh books in this world are not printed like in our world they have to be written by hand and who has the most oh a certain uh organization does oh well how do i get to that organization well you kind of need money oh how do i get money well you kind of need to do a job well i can't do jobs because i'm really sickly that's the person i reincarnated as and then Okay, yeah, well, you need to start conversing with these travelers' guilds. You need to be able to make money somehow, and then through money by resources to be able to write. But then, in order to do that, you need to be licensed by this kingdom over here. But in order to get that license over there, you need to have relationships with so and so king. And then you go there, it's like, oh, actually, no, the, the living situation here is deplorable, blah, blah, blah. We need to change that. It's like, oh, but I just really just want to read a fucking book. This anime, at one point, because the girl is still like, how like she's really she's like seven six she, or seven she's she's literally a, a fucking child but she has obviously the mannerisms and knowledge of a grown ass woman who is also a librarian in the previous like at one point she is in negotiations with a merchant guild about a patent i repeat at one point she sells off a patent that she has you know of an invention that she knows of in the real world i won't say what and it is like this merchant that is all-knowing and everything. And she's just a seven-year-old girl. But, hey, makes sense. And it's actually pretty good. It's pretty chilled kind of isekai. It's different from the stuff we've been watching. Because 
most of the time we're talking like power fantasies, we're talking about harems, we're talking about like fulfillment of something that we don't have in our own personal lives. Whereas this is just literally about a woman who got reincarnated as a young girl in a world where books don't exist and she really just wants to read a book. Like that's it. Just like how it's an uncle from another world, this is just a bookworm from another world. As straightforward as can be. And it's it's a it's a good show. I like it. Yeah, I think season two is a little bit not as strong as season one, but I still look forward to season three when it comes out in April. What about you, Will? I'm I'm down. I think the thing is like some of the shows we talk about, especially like Twelve Kingdoms and and Ascenders of Bookworm, they come with caveats in terms of watching it. These are not shows that you binge. You do not need to sit down and watch seven episodes of Bookworm. But we did. It helped because at least we're over the fish sooner. But like you, you could sit back and chill and just experience like how beautiful the world is and how simple the story is. It it just sometimes you just need something to chill out to. And I can't think of anything more chill from the second collection we have than a sentence of a bookworm. It is a very relaxing isekai anime, and I would highly recommend it as well. Now, is there more? Uh, isekais anime and manga that Will and I want to talk about and recommend plenty bro there's so many I mean like we can talk about fucking like Shield Hero ReZero we can talk about uh, Restaurant Isekai we can talk about Tanya the Evil talk about Spirited Away like Spider Isekai like there's two different slimes the slime 300 and then reincarnated as a slime there's Demon King Academy, there's Jobless Reincarnation. I mean, we haven't even shat on Gate yet. We didn't, you, we didn't really talk too much about video game isekais, right? Like, No Game, No Life. We talk about SAO. We talk about Gun Gale Online. We didn't talk about Bofuri, which is Max Defense Isekai, which is having a second season. So, really, we could go on and on about all these shows. And it's great because the seven shows that we chose to recommend officially, none of them involves Truckkun, which I thought was hilarious. Yeah. It's, it's, you 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 will know you will know and like define truck gun. It's in Konosuba, it's in ReZero, it's actually yeah it's it's in Jabba's reincarnation. You you'll find them anywhere. All right, uh, will any parting thoughts about isekais or your our recommendations in general? I I think like this is something we talked about at the beginning of this discussion, and it will probably continue for a while you're not going to see an end to the isekai genre you're always going to see new genre a new new isekais come out every single season good or not the genre is here to stay and i think it's just because of how popular it is like for any weeb within the community the, the thing i do hope though is that we start seeing isekai that are a little bit more left field or at least have something that is like different from what we're used to. I mean, like, some of the stuff that we talked about before, like, for example, like, um, I got reincarnated as a vending machine. Or I got reincarnated as a sword. Like, those... Uh, sword, sword's getting an adaptation, right? Yes. Uh, sword is getting an adaptation in 2022 as well. Uh, I've read that, and I said I would read it a while, while back, and I did. But I'm not recommending it. But we will touch on that soon. Yeah. And then, of course, we haven't even talked about the, the more adult-oriented ones. Like, the time I got reincarnated as a as a female body part or um that's not the name but yes yes, yes. or i i i like i forever now wander as a female adult toy yep we're not going to say that because 
those are usually in like the corners of like a of of, of a Japanese like, look, look, like, like if you want to if you want to seek them out you're fine go go right ahead all right just just chill all right just you, you oh chill. we didn't talk about my life as a villainess either of course yeah, yes just, i know there's a lot there's a there's lot so much we haven't even talked about reverse isekais like devil's a part-timer no. for example right yeah there's yep. there's the, the the whole isekai landscape is so vast that you're you're probably going to see something come out this season next season the season afterwards everything isekai is going to come out and most of the time it's pretty eh but sometimes it's fucking awesome, and you're you're going to hear from us which ones to check out. Uh, aside from the seven we already mentioned today, in subsequent seasons, subsequent episodes, there will be other isekais we want to recommend. I mean, maybe we'll do an isekai part two, or like a lot of other episodes we have debated whether or not we will do a part two. But so, seven to be talked about today, like these are the ones where like if you have already watched Overlord or Konosuba, or just like us, you also hate ReZero. Yeah, watch. I, yeah, watch I, these seven. Yeah, I don't like ReZero that much. Okay, so uh, just to reiterate, Will, what are these seven recommendations? So Grimgar, um, Uncle Isekai. We've got Twelve Kingdoms. Um, we've also got Realist Rebuilt the Kingdom. We've got Drifters. We've got uh, Cautious Hero, and then the last one which you had was Ascendance, Ascendance of, of a, a bookworm. bookworm. Yeah. So those are the seven. All right. We have reached the end of episode number 25. You can always reach us through our email, gapallet at gmail.com. That's G-A-P-A-L-E-T-T-E at gmail.com. All lowercase, all one word. You can also contact us on Twitter using the handle at palletgood. That's capital P and capital G, all one word. We have a Facebook page at www.facebook.com slash palletgood, capital P, capital G, all one word. And we also have a website. You should check it out www.goodanimepalette.com all lowercase all one word you can also join us on discord we have a my anime list club email us we'll send you the invite link or you will see the invite link in the show description our intro music is no cry by fashion our break music is be right there by omie and our outro music is future vibes by kyo our music was provided courtesy of epidemicsound.com if you're interested in using Epidemic Sound as a service, we will have a referral link for you that is provided in the show description. William. How do I feel? First recording of 2022. I feel way better in the second half than I did in the first half. I, I was so flustered, for real. Man, like, I've missed this feeling. It's good to be back recording. Really looking forward to the next episode. I, I there's, mean, a, we, there's a lot of content I mean, that we, we're going to roll out. We had an anime binge day kind of you know, off air, just you and I. And I was like, do you want to record something? And you're like, fuck no. And I was like, oh man, I kind of want it though. I know. But again, the, the break was very much needed because now, you know, we're, we're back up. We got the energy to basically crush as much content as we can for the season. Um, and it's also good that, you know, we had that little bit of, of a break because that meant that I was able to catch up. I, I mean, dude, I watched so much Isekai this, this, this winter. Like I watched Konosuba, Shield Hero, Slime, all back to back within like a week. Yeah, look, your anime binges are worthy. Unhealthy, right? Uh, yeah, yes, are unhealthy for sure. When you did that with thing with High Q as well, like look, which by the way, I still need to. I still need to watch to the top. You have my utmost respect, but bro, that's mad unhealthy, man. 
Right. Well, now we're going to be able to, you know, sign off, get some rest. We'll be ready again in two weeks' time when we release our next episode. Uh, stay tuned for that one because you heard how angry we were at the beginning of this discussion topic. You're oh, going to find out why we were so boy. angry. Okay. We'll catch you guys very, very soon. Have a good day. You guys have one good day too. Don't get run over by truck hood. Yeah. Stay away from truck hood. Look both sides when crossing the road. Okay. All right. See ya.